This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Faith is when you are threatened by either a king or elected official or government or whatever it is, you are threatened to go against God and his word and his ways. But by faith, you do exactly what God tells you. You do exactly what God says. And you don't compromise the word of God. And today we're, we're living in a world where a lot of churches are compromising. They're ripping pages out of their Bible because the culture says so. A lot of times we think that our faith is being tested when someone gives us a hard time for being a Christian. We think we're being persecuted when we don't get the job position we wanted because of the way we believe. In today's message, Pastor Eddie reminds you that although these things may be very real, there are other believers in the world facing death or imprisonment for their faith. Do you have enough faith to stand beside them? Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as he begins his message, The Faith of Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Now, in the passage before us, obviously, we've seen that we're going to now, in this corridor of the Hall of Faith, we now park ourselves to this mural, if you will, this uh, shadow box, or this display of this great Hall of Faither named Moses. And Moses has uh, been through much opposition and hostility, and I think this is a great example how the first readers of Hebrews, who were again Jewish and converted to Christ and believed Christ as the Messiah, was suffering much persecution. Now they're looking at Moses, and Moses is going to set the example. Remember, they were suffering because of their newfound faith in Yeshua, the Messiah. And the same with all of us as believers in Jesus Christ. Our faith will always be challenged will always be challenged when we go through opposition. And sometimes we go through these challenges and not even knowing. How many times we go through life and we have these trials and tribulations and then we realize, I forgot the Lord in this. I'm consumed by my trials and tribulation. I forgot to acknowledge the Lord and place my faith in the Lord. And so we're going to see how Moses and his life, how he set the example of faith. So for those of you who are taking notes, 
in verse 23, verse 23, we're going to look at the faith of Moses' parents. That's the faith of Moses' parents in verse 23. And then in verses 24 to 28, we're going to look at the faith of Moses and how Moses' faith uh, by rejecting Egypt and all that it has. So within those verses 24 to 28, we're going to find five ways of how Moses rejected Egypt. Okay, we read the text. Let's now look at it verse by verse. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw that he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. And so the writer now takes us back to the time back in Exodus chapter 1 and 2. It was a time when Joseph, who was second in command, was not in the picture. At this time, Joseph had passed away. His brothers had passed away. That whole generation has passed away. As a matter of fact, 300 years since Joseph. And there's been a couple of pharaohs who come in and out of power since then. And they forgot the Egyptian history of an important man that helped save not only the nation of Egypt, but all the nations surrounding Egypt. And that was Joseph. And so at this time, this pharaoh who did not remember Joseph, the scripture tells us, notice that the children of Israel were multiplying more than the Egyptians. And this is what he said. He said, the children of Israel outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. And so Pharaoh and all of Egypt decided to make the Hebrews slaves. And they figured to make them slaves. And they afflicted them with hard labor. And they treated them really brutally. And it was really impossible for them to have a life. However, they found that the more and more they oppressed them, the more and more they multiplied. And I think throughout history, those who know the Lord, when you see a people that love the Lord, you find that not only with the Jews, but you also find that in Christianity from the book of Acts all the way on, Christians that are being persecuted, the more they're being persecuted, the more they grow. So maybe our nation needs some persecution, doesn't it, for us to grow? We're praying. We're seeing a revival spreading out throughout the nation. Are we going to be a part of that? But here's the thing. You know, the more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied. And you see that in the book of Acts. It started with the first martyr, Stephen, when Stephen was stoned to death. And there was then that the church had dispersed. And that's exactly what Jesus told them. He says, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And they received the Holy Spirit. But the problem was they did not disperse. They did not go out. And it took persecution for them to go out. And since then, the gospel of Jesus Christ was proclaimed around that region. And so, Pharaoh at this time, this Pharaoh had given an order to the midwives that if the Hebrews would give birth, Hebrew women would give birth to a child. If it was a male child, they were to kill it. If it was a female, then it was to let it live. However, good thing that the midwives feared God rather than Pharaoh. They did not follow the order. Then Pharaoh realized that they continued to grow, so he called all of the Egyptians to kill every male child, and they were to, you know, throw them in the crocodile-infested river, the Nile River in which they worshipped. And so now comes a time where this godly couple who did not go by way of the world, where the world say it's a choice, no, it's murder, I'm not going to murder my child, I fear God rather than man, but 
we come now to the parents of Moses. Amram is the father, and Yoshabed was the mother. And how did they have faith? Well, they did not fear Pharaoh. They did not fear Pharaoh. They showed faith in verse 23. We see two things. Number one, they saw Moses that he was a beautiful child. Now, any mother would say, okay, that's a good, obviously. Why would they write that? He was a beautiful child. Every parent thinks their child is beautiful until they get to their teenage age, you know. (laughs) But all the children are beautiful. What does it mean beautiful? Well, the word beautiful here in the Greek is only mentioned twice in all the New Testament, not only here in verse 23 of chapter 11, but also in Acts chapter 7, verse 20. When Stephen, before he was stoned, he was sharing, he was giving them a whole list, a whole history lesson. And he also mentioned Moses, and he used the same Greek word. And the Greek word means unusual and proper. Unusual and proper. And so in some of your translations, you have the New Living Translation, you probably see unusual, the King James Version, you probably see uh, proper. And so they knew there was something, aside from a mother and a father looking at their children, that he's beautiful, but they knew there was something special about them, something special about this little baby boy. And you know what? God knows how to send children to a couple. <laughs> he said, this is a couple that's going to fear me, and this is where... God is going to allow this couple to give birth to a child where the Lord knows that this child will be raised up in the ways of God. But, of course, all children are beautiful. All children are proper as well uh, in the eyes of God. They're beautifully and wonderfully made by God, every child. That's the reason why you find some form of babies being killed from Egypt all the way down where children are being killed. Remember, this is exactly what happened when Jesus came in the picture, right? When he was born, Herod wanted to kill every child two years, at the age of two years and younger, remember? And Jesus is deliverer. Moses is also known as a deliverer. And um, so you'll find that. And so that was one thing. They saw that Moses was proper. He was beautiful. The second thing, that how they show great faith, is that they were not afraid of the Cain's command. And that's really important for us today. Because true faith is when you are threatened by either a king or elected official or government or whatever it is. You are threatened to go against God and his word and his ways. But by faith, you do exactly what God tells you. You do exactly what God says. You don't compromise the word of God. And today we're, we're living in a world where a lot of churches are compromising. They're ripping pages out of their Bible because the culture says so. Because the government says so. Because the legislators are passing laws as if it makes sense. You know, it's not that the Bible needs to conform to the world. The world needs to conform to the Bible. It doesn't change. It's not old. It's still applicable for us today. And that's what the world will say. Oh, that's an ancient book. Let's not follow that. No, it's murder. (laughs) Abortion is murder. That's what it is. And whatever the Bible calls it, that's what it is. And we tend to change languages and things like that. and, And that's why we have the problems we have now. But it's the heart of man is corrupt. The Bible says, who can know it? So we need to stick to the word. And here you have a couple like Moses' parents who did not compromise. And their faith actually erased, you know, the fear they had. And that's what faith does. When you have a strong faith in God, it erases the fear. It eliminates the fear of your heart. True faith is when the world or the culture tells you that it is your choice to kill a child 
abort a child. Like Moses' parents, you say, no, my child is beautifully, wonderfully made by God, and I choose to obey God and not abort my child, regardless of the terms they're using. And that's why we stand alongside ministries and those that help women know the truth about this choice. And so Moses' parents did not fear the death sentence. They did not fear Pharaoh. They obeyed God. They feared God. And they knew that if they went against this and they were caught, that they would be killed. They would be sentenced to death to go against Pharaoh. And it's amazing how Moses' parents knew this without having the Bible. But Jesus also warned us of the same thing. Remember Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus says, And do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I mean, the worst thing they can do to a Christian is kill him. <laughs> That's the worst thing you can do for a Christian, kill him. Okay, hey, I'm going to heaven. You know, and only the Christians that believe in that wholeheartedly are not afraid will say amen. The other ones say, oh, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> fear the Lord. You know, the fact Moses' parents, they fear the Lord. It is by faith. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so Moses' mother hid the baby Moses for three months, and that's faith. Can you imagine every day making sure the baby doesn't cry, the neighbors don't hear? For three months, they didn't fear. And they continue in that faith. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 3, this is what they did. It said, but she could no longer hide him. She took an ark of bulrushes for him and dotted with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the riverbank. You know, this is amazing. They put him now, not killing him, trying to save him, wherever he goes, just trusting in the Lord. Now, as we look to the Hall of Faithers in the scriptures, I see the parents of Moses also looking to a Hall of Faither, which is pre-flood, right? Noah, what did he do to save his family? He built an ark. And he went, the Bible has three arks. Noah's ark, you have this ark, and then you have the Ark of the Covenant. But in the same way, we look back and we look at the word of God and we look at the history, we can see that they too, they didn't have the Bible. Moses is a baby. He's the one who wrote Genesis, Exodus. So the parents weren't able to read what happened, but they believed that there was a flood. They believed that the man named Noah was obedient to God and to save his family and build an ark, all right, where in a time where people didn't know what rain was, and here, these Hall of Faithers look to the Hall of Faither, Noah. And in the same way, Noah saved his family. Now, here, by faith, Moses' parents, they saved Moses, knowing that he would also not only be saved, his family would be saved. The nation of Israel would be saved. And it goes on. And so that's the faith of Moses' parents. Now we're going to look at verses 24 to 28. In verses 24 to 28, we're going to see five ways in which Moses rejected Egypt. Five ways. Now, you know that Egypt, it represents the world. Whenever we look at scripture, we find that Egypt represents the world. And there were Hebrews in those days that were set free 
from the bondage of Egypt. And we look at that for us. Egypt is the world. We've been set free. When we come to Christ, we're set free from the world. We're in this world, but not of the world. And we're set free from what? The bondage of sin. The bondage of sin. And that is through Christ. But, you know, you had some Hebrews wanted to go back. You know, their ancestors were killed along the way. And they still decided that we're going to stay there. We want to go back to Egypt. In the same way today, we have their Christians that would come in and they're Christian by name and they have one foot in the church or in fellowship or one foot out or they just love the things of the world, but not Moses. And that's what we're going to see how Moses will give that great example of faith. So the first thing we're going to see how Moses rejected Egypt was his faith. Uh, by faith, he rejected his position. He rejected his position. Let's look at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. At this time, it's speaking of the time when Moses was 40 years. So 40 years in Egypt, was raised 40 years in Egypt. And just think about it. He was 40 years in the desert before the Lord called him. 40 years in the world. And I think the Lord said, well, you're going to need 40 years to get that stripped out of you. You know? 40 years. So he was 80 years old when he was called out to deliver uh, the children of Israel out of Egypt. So for those of you who think that, hey, I'm in my 50s, 60s, 70s, well, you know, you need to study the life of Moses. It's never too late to serve God. But at the age of 40, he refused to be called or known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And so he abandoned his position. And that's leaving everything that goes with it. All the power, all the wealth. And so by faith, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now look at the second way he displayed faith is rejecting the pleasures of Egypt. Rejecting the pleasures of Egypt. Look at verse 25. They're choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Moses left it all. He left it all. Royal position, power, wealth. What? To be a slave? You leave your mansion and you're going to be a slave? That was by faith. Choosing to be without power, to be poor, to be afflicted among the slaves? I don't think that's a, such a story as that. I don't think anyone made the news or history. Maybe. Maybe somebody can tell me. Willing to leave everything. Sell it all. Give it up. Give it away. You know, like Jesus said to the young rich ruler. You know, he said, I kept all the Ten Commandments. I kept them. What must I do? Jesus says, sell all that you have and follow me. He left. He left because he had so much. But if he said he followed all the commandments, he already disobeyed the first commandment because the first command, thou shalt have no other God before me. His God was money, his possessions. And so we could see Moses knowing, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave all this, the pleasure of sin, to be with my fellow Hebrews, to be a slave, to give up everything, to give up, you know, the caviar, you know, all, all the food, the lobsters, the steak, you know, and the three-piece suit, four-piece suit, five, whatever. Leaving it all, the Mercedes-Benz, the mansion, just to probably live in a little tent, eat bread and water. Now, the pleasure of sin is not only, we tend to think the pleasure of sin, the first thing we probably think is lust and all types of evil pleasures, but uh, we're talking about a worldly, uh, uh, a desire, pleasure to be worldly in the sense of being successful, powerful, and wealthy. You know, if you be honest with yourself, everybody wants to be successful, powerful, and wealthy. Everybody. Not me, I'm holy. Just kidding. <laughs> 
Now, in of themselves, these things, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being successful. There's nothing wrong with having some power, some authority. And there's nothing you know, wrong with being wealthy. But it's the love of it. It's one of these things. You know, having these things have you instead of you having it, you know? John, in his, one of his epistles, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, this is what he writes. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Now, you may say, well, doesn't it say John 3, 16, for God so loved the world? Well, the word world is mentioned three ways. The world, planet, and then world, people. So, for John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he loved the people. Here is referring to a world system the world of finance, the world of sports. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, here's a heavy one, the love of the Father is not in him. He said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Three things here, and this is where You'll find this throughout the scripture, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the three things that and the enemy, Satan, will love to tempt and destroy you. <laughs> In the Garden of Eden, Eve was tempted with this fruit, right? Lust of the flesh, I want that fruit. <laughs> lust of the eyes, it looks good. And the pride of life, I want to have knowledge. This is where the enemy loves to tempt man. Then we go into when Jesus was tempted 40 days and 40 you're right, the desert. These are the three things that Satan tempted Jesus. Hey, you see these stones? Jesus, you have been eating for almost 40 days. How about you turn these stones into bread? Jesus, you want the world? Bow down to me, I'll give it to you. All these things. And here, John, at the very end of the scripture, the Bible, we find that he's warned of these three things. And these are the things that the writer of Hebrews is talking about that Moses actually rejected. These are the things that destroys us. Any desire, a fleshly desire to have these things for all the wrong reasons is sin. Again, any of itself is not wrong. There are many Christians who are successful, wealthy, and powerful. They have authority. But it can destroy you. It can destroy you. We just read in the news, I don't need to remember the name, but it was a billionaire who committed suicide. A billionaire? Billionaire? Think about it. Anything at the fingertip of calf. But he committed suicide. I have a close friend of mine who was one of Forbes' bodyguard. And even Forbes himself was suicidal. Had everything. And he's the one who coined the phrase, he will die with the most toys wins. Do you really win? I love what Billy Graham said. I never saw a Hertz vehicle with a U-Haul truck at the end. You can't take it to heaven with you. You can't take it with you. It's all material things, but it destroys you. Where it all begins, it begins with the heart, the flesh. Friends, we're so glad you decided to join us today here on Running the Race. Pastor Eddie has been taking us through the book of Hebrews in a series titled, Jesus is Better. Within its pages, you hear about great people of faith. Do you feel like you could live a life like these great people of faith? You realize they weren't perfect, right? Our hope is that these messages are empowering you to see and believe that you can be a person of great faith too. 
One way to grow in your faith and understanding of God is by joining up with others who love and serve God. Here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. For the rest of us, remember that you can find more messages from Pastor Eddie on that same website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're excited to learn more from the book of Hebrews. For today, our time has come to a close, but we'll be back again next time and hope you will too. Come back to hear Pastor Eddie share more from this great book of Hebrews, here on Running the Race. 